Section five of the Crusades by George William Cox. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Pamela Nagami. Chapter three The First Crusade. Part one. Little more than half the time allowed for the gathering of the Crusaders had passed away when a crowd of some sixty thousand men and women neither caring nor thinking about the means by which their ends could be attained insisted that the hermit peter should lead them at once to the holy city ten ninety six mere charity may justify the belief that some even amongst these may have been folk of decent lives moved by the earnest conviction that their going to jerusalem would do some good but the vast majority looked upon their vow as a license for the commission of any sin there can be no moral doubt that they exhibited not a single quality needed for the successful prosecution of their enterprise is absolutely certain with a foolhardiness equal to his ignorance peter undertook the task in which he was aided by walter the penniless a man with some pretensions to the soldier-like character but the utter disorder of this motley host made it impossible for them to journey long together at cologne they parted company and fifteen thousand under the penniless walter made their way to the frontiers of hungary while peter led onwards a host which swelled gradually on the march to about forty thousand another army or horde of perhaps twenty thousand marched under the guidance of emico count of leiningen a third under that of the monk gottschalk a man not notorious for the purity or disinterestedness of his motives behind these came a rabble it is said of two hundred thousand men women and children preceded by a goose and a goat or as some have supposed by banners on which as symbols of the mysterious faith of gnostics and Paulicians, the likeness of these animals was painted in this vile horde no pretense was kept up of order or of decency sinning freely it would seem that grace might abound they plundered and harried the lands through which they marched while three thousand horsemen headed by some counts and gentlemen were not too dignified to act as their attendants and to share their spoil but if they had no scruple in robbing christians their delight was to prove the reality of their mission as soldiers of the cross by plundering torturing and slaying jews the crusade against the turk was interpreted as a crusade directed not less explicitly against the descendants of those who had crucified the redeemer the streets of verdun and treves and of the great cities on the rhine ran red with the blood of their victims and if some saved their lives by pretended conversions many more cheated their persecutors by throwing their property and their persons either into the rivers or into the consuming fires thus auspiciously began the mighty enterprise on which pope urban had insisted as the first duty of all christians and thus early did the result of his preaching tend to revive the waning power of the emperor who interposed his authority to this merciless onslaught on a peaceable and useful class of his subjects the jews were taken under the protection of the empire and for the time the change was a real relief their posterity found to their cost 
that their guardian might in his turn become their plunderer and tormentor a space of six hundred miles lay between the austrian frontier and constantinople and across the dreary waste the followers of walter the penniless struggled on destitute of money and rousing the hostility of the inhabitants whom they robbed and ill-used in bulgaria their misdeeds provoked reprisals which threatened their destruction and none perhaps would have reached constantinople if the imperial commander at nysos had not rescued them from their enemies supplied them with food and guarded them through the remainder of their journey these succours involved some costs and the costs were paid by the sale of unarmed men among the pilgrims and especially of the women and children who were seized to provide the necessary funds of those who formed the train of the hermit peter seven thousand only it is said reached constantinople of such a rabble rout the emperor alexius needed not to be afraid he had already seen and encountered far larger armies of normans turks and romans and he now extended to this vanguard of the hosts of latin christendom a hospitality which was almost immediately abused they had refused to comply with his request that they should quietly await the arrival of their fellow crusaders and consulting the safety of his people not less than his own he induced them to cross the bosphorus and pitch their camp on asiatic soil the land which they had come to wrest from the unbelievers alexius wished simply to be rid of their presence they had to deal with an enemy still more crafty and formidable in the seljukian sultan david whose surname Kalije arslan marked him out as the sword of the lion the vagrants whom peter and walter had brought thus far on the road to jerusalem were scattered about the land in search of food and it was no hard task for david to cheat the main body with the false tidings that their companions had carried the walls of nicaea and were revelling in the pleasures and spoils of his capital the doomed horde rushed into the plain which fronts the city and a vast heap of bones alone remained to tell the story of the great catastrophe when the forces which might more legitimately claim the name of an army passed the spot where the seljukian had entrapped and crushed his victims in this wild expedition not less it is said than three hundred thousand human beings had already paid the penalty of their lives still the first crusade was destined to accomplish more than any of the seven or eight crusades which followed it and this measure of success it achieved probably because none of the great european sovereigns took part in it the western emperor henry the fourth the representative of charles the great was the enemy of the pope philip i king of france had been excommunicated by urban in the council of clermont the sovereigns of denmark scotland sweden and poland were as yet scarcely brought within the community of european monarchs the spanish kings had their crusades ready-made at home and we have already seen that the english william the second was more intent on acquiring dukedoms than on running the risk of a blessed martyrdom at the gates of jerusalem the task of setting up a latin kingdom in palestine was to be achieved by princes of the second order of these 
the foremost and the most deservedly illustrious was godfrey of boulon in the ardennes a kinsman of the counts of boulogne and duke of lothringen lorraine in the service of the emperor henry the fourth the enemy or the victim of hildebrand he had been the first to mount the walls of rome and cleave his way into the city he might hope that his crusading vow would be accepted as an atonement for this sacrilege speaking the frank and teutonic dialects with equal ease he exercised by his bravery his wisdom and the uprightness of his life an influence which brought to his standard it is said not less than eighty thousand infantry and ten thousand horsemen together with his brothers baldwin and eustace count of boulogne among the most conspicuous of godfrey's colleagues was hugh count of vermandois whose surname the great has been ascribed by some to his birth as the brother of philip i the french king by others merely to his stature as hugh the long with him may be placed the norman duke robert whose carelessness had lost him the crown of england and who had now pawned his duchy for a pittance scarcely less paltry than that for which esau bartered away his birthright the picture drawn of him is indeed not unlike that of the forefather of the edomite tribes careless of the future open in his friendship or his enmity free from duplicity in himself and unsuspicious of treachery in others charming others in injuring himself by his light-hearted cheerfulness and his lavish generosity robert was a man whom the total lack of the qualities which marked his iron-hearted father brought to a horrible captivity and death in the dungeons of cardiff castle the number of the great chiefs who led the pilgrims from northern europe is completed with the names of robert count of flanders whom his followers lauded as the sword and lance of the christians and of stephen count of chartres troyes and blois the possessor if we choose to believe the tale of three hundred and sixty-five castles and as rich in his eloquence as in his fortresses the same arithmetic would have us think that the minor chiefs were more numerous than the champions whom agamemnon led to the trojan war and the assertion is perhaps as much and as little to be credited as the catalogue of greek warriors in the iliad foremost by virtue of his title and office among the leaders of the southern bands was the papal legate ademar bishop of puy a leader rather as guiding the councils of the army than as gathering soldiers under his banner a hundred thousand horse and foot attested we are told the greatness the wealth and the zeal of raymond count of toulouse lord of auvergne and languedoc who had grown old in warfare and won for himself a mingled reputation for wisdom and haughtiness obstinacy and greed less tinged with the fanatical enthusiasm of his comrades and certainly more cool and deliberate in his ambition bohemond son of robert guiscard whom we have seen fighting at Dyrrachium and victorious at larissa looked to the crusade as a means by which he might regain the vast regions extending from the dalmatian coast to the northern shores of the aegean nay if we are to believe william of malmesbury he urged urban to set forward the enterprise for the very purpose partly of thus recovering what he was pleased to regard as his inheritance and in part 
of enabling the pontiff to suppress all opposition in rome guiscard had left his apulian domains to a younger son and bowman was resolved it would seem to add to his principality of tarentum a kingdom which would make him a formidable rival of the eastern emperor far above his companion bowmond rises his cousin tancred the son of the marquis odo surnamed the good and of emma the sister of robert guiscard and his reputation comes not from his wealth or the greatness of his following but from the qualities of mind and person which raised him indefinitely nearer than his fellows to the standard of the very gentle perfect knight of chaucer in tancred was seen the embodiment of those peculiar sentiments and modes of thought which gave birth to the crusades and to which the crusades in their turn imparted marvellous strength and splendour when in the council of clermont pope urban dwelt on the cowardice and ignoble fears of the turks he probably touched a chord which grated on the more generous and enthusiastic amongst his hearers and was in fact speaking as a priest when with greater wisdom he should have used the language of a general there can be little doubt that the finer spirits of the age were moved by the eager desire of rescuing a crowd of helpless christians from conquerors whose might it was impossible for them to resist and who were worthy antagonists even for the noblest knights of latin and teutonic christendom the rescue of this feeble multitude could be effected only at the cost of a great sacrifice the sacrifice of houses and lands of luxuries and pleasures and the consciousness of large sacrifices cheerfully made for the weak and suffering is amongst the highest feelings which may be awakened in the human heart thus in the most noble-minded and disinterested of the crusading champions there was distinctly a combination of two ideas seemingly discordant yet working together to produce one definite moral result these were the indignation with which they regarded the tyranny exercised over the christians of the east and the involuntary respect and even admiration which they felt for the conquerors as the most redoubtable warriors of the age next to the foremost knights of christendom the former feeling would impel them to the most desperate efforts for the recovery of the holy land and the holy sepulchre the latter would place checks dimly recognized and not always heeded on the ferocious warfare with which they would without scruple seek to sweep away all meaner and more savage enemies so far as he was actuated by such motives the crusader was cultivating in himself the germs of forbearance and toleration which must at once to whatever extent soften the horrors of war and which would in the end yield more solid and satisfying fruits in this same direction the influence of the church was felt with constantly increasing power it had been her aim to curb when she could not repress the violence of her children and to establish by a solemn sanction that truce of god which prevented the practice of private war from becoming a burden too heavy for the earth to bear but in the expedition for the delivery of the holy land war itself was sanctified and the knight initiated even in past years by rites which heathen in their origin had been made sacred by the church was raised almost to the level of the priest and the monk henceforth the young aspirant for the knightly dignity and office 
was treated much as the catechumens had been treated in the first christian centuries he must enter on his work with clean thoughts and pure conscience and the spotless garment of the catechumen purified by his long fast was reproduced in the white robe which the young squire put on after cleansing his body in the bath while the profession of baptism was repeated in the knightly vow which after a special confession of sin followed by absolution pledged the young man to deal justly truly and generously defending the oppressed succouring the needy and helpless and everywhere showing himself the unsparing antagonist of all tyrants and evildoers in an especial degree he was to be the champion of women the protector of children and he rose from his knees before the assembled clergy dubbed a knight by the sword of his godfather in the names of god of our lady and of st michael or st george the nearest to the heart of those who uttered this formula as to that of the young knight was the name of the virgin mother whose name it would seem has fascinated multitudes without curing them of savage treachery and bloodthirsty ferocity in feudal phrase she was his lady notre dame as the crucified jesus was his lord notre seigneur and the adoring and humble love which he bore for her was held to sanctify and to be reflected in the devotion which he felt for every noble lady and more especially for the one favoured dame who became the idol of his heart a star to be worshipped at a distance if not a queen at whose feet he might throw himself in an ecstasy of passion this being whom he delighted to picture to himself as the peerless ideal of womanhood might be the wife of another man and these extravagant fancies produced not infrequently the most lamentable and ruinous results but the knightly or chivalrous spirit thus sometimes led astray tended nevertheless to impose moral checks on rude and savage minds which had never felt them before and the growth of this spirit was ensured chiefly by the crusaders End of section five.